Dancing, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way that we live. It's the way that we live. And I Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Annalisa. And I'm Reese. And, and this, this is, is to Ellen, to Ellen, Ellen back. back. Thank you. <laughs> Much like Generation Q is a spinoff of the original L Word, this podcast is a spinoff of a podcast about the original L Word. Yeah. And it's owned or supported, I don't know what the words are, you know, by <laughs> autostraddle.com, mm-hmm. a website. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited to be back after all this time. There was a whole pandemic since we were recording Gen Q Tell back episodes. So, right. And also, you're in Ohio, which is weird. I am in Ohio right now working on a movie. I did not move to Ohio. Um, <laughs> just pulling a little left. Uh, I love Ohio. And, though. Uh, you know, <laughs> leaving LA for a short period of time. I'll be back. Oh, should we explain who we are? Oh, sure. Um, I'm Reese. I am the CEO and co-founder of Autostraddle, and I was also the co-host of To Ellen Back. And I know way too much about this show. I'm Annalisa. I co-hosted the first season of this with Drew, and we're thrilled to have Reese join because she knows so much about the show. And I'm gay, and I live in Los Angeles, <laughs> and I work in TV. I'm going to be a studio exec someday. <laughs> someday, she says. And that's me. <laughs> I'm Drew. I'm a writer for Autostraddle and a filmmaker. I am also gay. <laughs> wow. And I'm yes. trans. Um, okay. And uh, I know a lot about movies and, you know, some about television. And I love the L word so much. And I hate the L word so much. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a world where Gen Q wouldn't continue that tradition. And it, it's certainly a different, the love and the hate are very different. And yet the complicated feelings continue on. So I'm excited to get into this first episode and um, see, you know, how we've all grown in the like year <laughs> plus since we were last, it's been like a year and a half. Wow. Like a year and a half yeah. since yeah. Uh, Gen Q was last on and we were, you know, discussing our lives through the lens of this beautiful, beautiful show. <laughs> this first episode of season two of Gen Q is called Late to the Party, and it is written and directed by show creator Marja Lewis Ryan. Cool. Um, <laughs> should should we should okay? We start? Let's let's get mad let's about get the L word. <laughs> okay, so. We begin the second season of this television program with... Not at the airport. Nope. Not at the airport where everyone wanted it to start. But in fact, at the Bachelor Mansion, basically. (laughs) Right. Exactly. The Bachelor, that's something about me. And I was like, this is the mansion. Which, by the way, you can rent that mansion on Airbnb. Oh, Oh. I didn't know that there was only one. It's like like $10,000 a night or something. But, you know, wow, a fun idea. Fascinating. Well, I guess Showtime sprung for that. Anyway, yeah. Showtime Showtime shelled out the 10000 a night, <laughs> and that's where we are. Yeah, and like Sophie's greeting Danny, and it is their uh, rehearsal dinner for their wedding. So they didn't get Yikes. married, but they are still together, and uh-huh. they are getting married. 
And, uh-huh. you know, Danny's dad gives a nice little speech. And I was just like, okay, I guess this is how they chose to start this season. Yeah. I was like, there's no way this is going to be like, they're, they're not, you know, like there's no way that this is going to be like, they actually get married and then live their lives. They didn't set up all that drama for nothing, you know? Yeah. That was my thought. But I was also like, Danny's dress is like really nice. She does look beautiful. Which Sophie, Sophie yeah. said that and I was like, okay, I agree. But why are you here? I don't <laughs> yeah. agree that you're here, but I agree that she looks beautiful. Um, uh, notably, none of their friends are in the shot. We only see her dad. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. stressed. Her dad, who last season was pretty terrible. Yes, but now he's uh-huh. here and here to talk in a thick accent. He says me, <laughs> which I thought was insane. <laughs> fine. I'm going to try to let that one go because I think it's going to come up a lot, but just know that that's something I think about. Anyway, this is my least favorite thing in TV, actually, when something cuts to a thing and goes blank hours earlier or like blank days earlier. Oh, interesting. That might be a personal problem. I don't know. I I love it. (laughs) You're like, unpack the drama for me. Show me. I also like it. So I'm curious why you don't like that. I don't know. I, instead of leading up to something dramatic mm-hmm. and like you have this sense of unease the whole time. You're like, ooh, mm-hmm. something big is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that something big has happened and then they drop you back. Yeah. And so you're yeah. just like building to the thing. Anyway. You don't like the dramatic irony of it. No. <laughs> it is a weird thing to think about in terms of like, it's also re- is related to like, if you like spoilers or like right. if you like right. to like read the back of the book before you read the book, like right. the different experiences of like viewing or reading something when you already know. When you know totally. like what, it's building to it's like okay well what it when do we get there when do they line up anyway right. yeah. this episode delivers on kind of a fun when do they line up which i thought was fun anyway what's interesting yeah. about this 15 hours earlier is we don't go back it's not like we go back to <laughs> sophie and danny nope. it's just 15 hours earlier and it's shane and tess going <laughs> and a to dog. a speakeasy and a dog going to a speakeasy in a vending to machine see Wave. They're basically going to have either of you been to davy wayne's they're basically going mm-hmm. to davy wayne's you enter through no. a refrigerator Oh, I have used a vending machine before, though. Wait, wait, Reese, you've used a vending machine like a normal vending machine or like a speaking yeah. vending machine? Oh, yeah, cool, I've cool. gotten stacks from oh, a vending machine. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah. have, you have personal experience as well to contribute. I'm a person of vending machine experience. Yeah, I just want to identify <laughs> myself. Um, um, that's important. Representation is so important. <laughs> it's so important, you know? <laughs> They're greeted by Lena Waif, who's playing a character named Eddie. First guest star of the season. <laughs> Just out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to talk about the fact that Eddie is introduced and introduces herself as saying that she's the black Shane, which is like how Poppy was introduced. It was like, mm-hmm. Poppy's the Latina Shane. And I was just like, are we making zero progress? Like, are we just not? Yeah. We're just not going to make any progress in all of nope. these decades. I'm just like... Okay, and Tess works for both of them and it's they play poker and it's like, whatever. Shane immediately flirts with the wrong person, which is like Shane's whole bullshit. So yeah, that's, yeah. Well, that's what you need to know. It's weird because like Shane also just came back to LA and right. she's been gone and she's like supposedly famous enough that like Lena right. Waithe of her own volition lives in a completely different <laughs> lesbian community than Shane does. Yeah. Like, like at least at least with Poppy, there was like, Oh, the chart. Right. Well, right. Shane found, I mean, I mean, uh, Alice found her. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Like how they figure out who she is. And then she's like, who the fuck are you guys? Like, that's, you <laughs> right. guys aren't in my orbit. Yeah. So we're actually, we're not just not making progress. We're actually, it's worse. 
Speaking of things that are making no progress and are also somehow worse because of that, Alice and Matt are still together and they're dropping <laughs> off kids and they're immediately bickering and we're just like, oh, right, this couple that wasn't fun to watch and decided to get back together are gonna I like- I found them fun. Okay. I thought they were fun in the car and also they have new okay. hairstyles or hairdos, which I think maybe makes them more spicy to me. They <laughs> felt great. a little sassy. They felt like they had come out of the salon yeah. shiny haired and were like, I'm gonna get some quips yeah. off. But then- Crucially, <laughs> Gigi slides into the backseat. And here's what I have written in my notes. Gigi, capital, I love you, Gigi, I love you. That's all I have in my notes. Morning. Hey, Gigi. Hey. Wow. Happy to see her still super into public sex. Wait, is she kidding? Gigi is yeah. my favorite person. Not my favorite uh-huh. character on the Our Generation Q. Just like my favorite person. I love her so yeah, much. In the world, perhaps. Yeah. Also, Alice and Matt, just to roast them, to let Drew roast for one <laughs> second, they do do this thing. So she like gets in the back. She's like making jokes about their threesome, which I think hilarious. What do you want? To get back together. <laughs> Ow. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh. I'm joking. Love As a person it. who's yes. been it. in a threesome, like the third person in a threesome, I do think that's Same. a funny joke to continue to make. Yeah. Oh my God, wait. Yeah, that you happened can't... since... When the last time we were recording, I had never had a threesome, and now I have had threesomes. Isn't that so, beautiful? There should be a wow, year and a half between every season for that. Wow. Yes, wow. so everyone can just chalk up their sexual experiences. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Anyway, I think that's funny to do, but more importantly, Alice and Nat like, kind of roast her for like not having a life. Gigi, I should remind you, is the only person who remembered their kid's whatever day it is i didn't care about the details but like mm-hmm. yeah she has a life it's being a responsible adult mm-hmm. uh-huh well they obviously want her to be around less which i think in my opinion is because nat does still have feelings for Gigi, and alice doesn't want her around because of that and so they're like trying to find some other thing they're like oh Gigi's right. around too much but she's not she literally delivered important information right looked hot right told jokes yes called nat out for still being into public sex which was hilarious yes and then she took two pieces of Alice's gum, which is normal. And then she <laughs> left. You know what I mean? Like, what? Yeah. there's nothing to complain about there. But they find something to complain about because they have their own issues still. In Nat's defense, I would also still be in love with Gigi. Same. Like, imagine yeah. imagine being with Gigi and then no longer being with Gigi. Like, that'd be really hard <laughs> to get off. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to get over. Yeah. Oh, and also we learned that Alice is writing a book. Yes. Right. Yes. About herself. Mm-hmm. I forgot that they were even going to have car sex. Like that just, Gigi entered the room and I was like, nothing else mattered to me. Which now and Alice could use a little more of, in my opinion. Anyway, we are now meeting Carrie. Oh my God. Speaking of people I love. The long-awaited entrance of Carrie. I'm obsessed with her. Nicked your mailbox on the way up to driveway. Honey, Listen, if you got some pain, I could touch it up for you. No problem. Oh no. That's I'm so okay. sorry. That's, I see, really it's am. fine. Man, that hill's a bitch. Yeah. yeah. I like, I truly just, like, I'm going to be pretty critical about this episode, but if there's two things that I'm not going to be critical about, it's Gigi and it is Carrie as played by Rosie O'Donnell. Literally, I just, I every word that came out of her mouth <laughs> delighted me so much that, that like, she she ran into their mailbox, Beth's mailbox. Like, yeah, I just, girl. I, I, her accent, she's fine. a public defender. I just, I'm <laughs> obsessed. I'm so happy that we're getting like this, like, 
funny, hot, butch Rosie O'Donnell on the L word. Like, yes. it, just, it feels so beautiful and poetic and just like, I love it uh, so much. It's everything to me. I love it. I love it. I also just, I delight in the fact that she is specifically designed to infuriate Bet. Like, <laughs> yes. everything she says, you're like, Bet is going to hate that. And I was like, yes. Right. I'm here for it. Because like Bet yes. versus Helena, okay, sure. Like that's predictable enough. You know, Bet versus Henry, who knows what happened there. <laughs> but, you know, everyone hates that guy and no one wants him around. So whatever. But Bet versus Carrie, that is like, you are talking about two completely different lives but, yeah. for Tia yeah. to be doing. That said, like, Tina has how many lines? One? Like, I still don't have any idea like what the dynamic is with Carrie. But at the same time, I also don't care. I believe it and I buy it fully. I like that Tina's kind of sheepish. Like she's in front of Bet, and she's like, I know that Carrie is kind of embarrassing, but I do love her. So like, yeah. ooh, uh-oh. <laughs> like, just yeah. kind of ignoring yeah. that Bet is going to be a nightmare. It's like when you introduce your friends to someone who you're like, you guys aren't really going to love them, but like too bad. I like <laughs> them and I'm the one who has to kiss them. So like, yeah. it's fine. Deal with it. Deal with it. Yeah. Carrie has a Groupon. Groupon got so much play in this. So good. So good. <laughs> For the meat buns. <laughs> I loved when Angie was like, did she make these? They're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and Angie is so diplomatic. She obviously yes. knows that her mom is like, hates Carrie from the jump. Yes. And she's like rising above all of it, like a perfect angel. This kid is doing so much emotional regulation in the room. <laughs> She's like masking the mood. So it's like chill. Anyway, Angie wants to meet her donor. Yeah. She wants to yeah. meet Marcus Allenwood. Who's my daddy? And Carrie's like, you know, Angie, I did one of those DNA tests where they swab your mouth and you send it away and they tell you all about your ancestry, you know? Yeah. Turns out I'm 100% Irish, which was not a shock. But I uh, I found a whole lot of cousins down in Florida. All of them were, were so kind to me. And one of them owns a jet ski store. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I sent off my kit in the mail. I sent my blood to And now I, then I was at West Palm Beach on a jet ski. Yeah. I mean, I also think that like if, I mean, Angie doesn't need to use that to find out anything about her dad because Bet knows him. But I do think that... Like, and also, you think she could watch season one of that's The true. Great point, great point, great point. If she wanted to. I just like... Yeah, she needs to... Someone needs to tell her, though, that she needs to buy the DVDs because the music's different, so... That's know, true, yeah. Sure to Angie, buy the DVDs. Yeah. yeah. The box you, set is so important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also, Carrie... <laughs> Carrie's still standing for Hillary. Yes. For Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Adorable. (laughs) Yeah. So then going from Carrie, who delights me so much, we go to a scene that in my notes, all I wrote for the entire scene was Danny and Sophie. Blah, blah. Boring. (laughs) Nothing new. Wow. You're already bored? It just started. It's not. It's not. No, it didn't. There were eight whole episodes that I watched a year and a half ago. And it's the same dynamic. We're different people now. What? But this was 15 hours ago, Drew. Please. (sighs) (laughs) Yeah. Get in the mindset. I do think Danny has gotten more beautiful between seasons. Is that just me? She's like radiant. No, she's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Um, My only other note is in all caps, where is Finley? That's That's what I have. Yeah. But Danny's trying to figure out like their table arrangement the two days before, but whatever it's to yeah. be. Doesn't make yeah. sense. Also, Danny is trying to place her dad crucially, which is like he just know your parents. They have their own table, assuredly. Like yeah. <laughs> your dad doesn't have like a friend or like uncle or like random cousin that he invited to. Like I felt like that was part of it was, yeah. weddings. Wasn't he gonna invite a hundred of his coworkers? Right. Like he doesn't <laughs> he's, in a, he's like an important like 
evil man. He doesn't uh, have people that yeah. have to come to the wedding as like a favor or something. Whatever. Anyway. Right. Evil people are never lonely. You know who's also not going to the wedding is Jose. <laughs> because he's still married? Yep. Yeah. This, this storyline is also in the place where we left it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I guess this didn't get wrapped up. Nope. <laughs> right. He's back. And Micah's like, and he's saying like, it's hard. You know, we had to move back in together to end our marriage. He had to like give Excuse it a me? chance, I, but not again. I had no idea. That's big Grey's Anatomy energy. I'm rewatching <laughs> Grey's Anatomy and the same thing happens in the first two seasons. That's I'm just like, like oh, really? Look, I... I don't, I guess we'll see where this goes. I'm really hoping that Micah moves on from this because it doesn't seem. Micah doesn't seem pleased with the no. arrangement. So that's no. a no. positive sign for me. Like he's like, wait, that seems wrong actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I think that a lot of my feelings about this first episode were just like, I feel like there were things that could have happened in this time off that I didn't necessarily need to see. Like I have full faith that the rest of the season, like some of these storylines can go places that I'll find interesting and fun or whatever. I guess I'm just confused by the like, like if the end goal is that Mike is going to leave Jose, I don't really know what we're accomplishing by spending more time with Jose sort of treating Mike. Oh yeah. That's, shitty. Like we already got that's that. True. Right. Like there could have been like a gap in. Yeah. That's what the original would have done. They love to just chuck someone out. Like, just chuck, chuck a tertiary character out into the sea yeah. and pretend like they were never there at all. It's, that's true. And that always bothered us. So, you know. But yeah, you're right. They didn't need, this wasn't necessary. Yeah. It, especially if it's just going to blow up, which is where it feels like it's headed. Yeah. Also, um, I just felt bad because like skipping the gym to have sex with somebody who is like living with their husband to get a divorce. Like you should go to the gym. Yeah, well, it depends like what kind of sex you're having because like I that knew could be you were gonna out. say that. <laughs> Sorry, it's my primary form of exercise, so I need to defend that as a valid way of getting your heart rate up. Also, I've not had a lot of sex lately though because of the pandemic, so I'm really just not exercising at all. Um. Okay, we're returning to my favorite set on this show, which is the set of the Alice show. Yay! I really like Alice and Sophie's work dynamic. I know. I think they're so fun. I really think it's sweet that Sophie's getting her wedding suit from. The like show costume, like wardrobe, whatever. I don't know. I just thought that was cute. Yeah, it's a good dynamic. Yeah, that was cute. It's hard and kind of soul sucking sometimes to work for rich bosses. But what's nice is yeah. that sometimes the r- working for a rich boss has fun kickbacks. Correct. I have a right. KitchenAid stand mixer that I got for free from my boss. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Usually people have to get married if they want one of those. I know. Now I don't have to put it on a future <laughs> registry when I invite my Incredible. evil <laughs> corporation dad to my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The point of this is that Alice misses Finley and so do I. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the segment. Alice has a new segment and she wants to hire a producer. And this is where, I mean, you kind of saw this already, but Sophie appears to be not like dead inside, but just like not doing great. I think yes. yeah, mentally. I think so. Absolutely. Because she last season, like wanted to be a producer. She was so mm-hmm. gung ho about it. And when Alice offers it to her, like she's like politely excited, but she's not like half yeah. as excited as she would have been. Yeah. Last you know, before yes. all this this stuff went down. So that's kind of like, that's a little bit weird. And then, yeah, also the new guy can't make coffee. So this is when we learn that Sophie's solution to the Finley and Danny thing has been making Finley stay in Missouri. Banished Finley to Kansas City? Like what? <laughs> well, yeah. I, need to, I needed to know, Drew, to your point of like, there's so many things that like, we could have just like left behind. Like what I actually needed was more information about what happened in the break. Did they call? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure we'll find out. Was there a phone call? How does Finley yeah. know that she's been banished to Kansas City? She's never allowed to come back? What are the rules? <laughs> the problem is that 
all the characters are at the exact same place sort of emotionally and the dynamics are at the same place. But time has passed. But time has passed. Yes. So it's actually like doubly confusing because you're like, wait, what's been happening these weeks, months? Like how long has it been? And like what has been happening during that period of time? There's a few things like specifically that will come up later where I really feel that where I'm like, wait, what? Um, but you know, it's the L word and this, the L word's gonna do what the L word's gonna do. And time is a flat circle in the L word and we all know it, you know? It is what it is. Um, it is absolutely what it is. And so, yeah, but but Alice is going to get Finley on the phone. So maybe, who knows? I will say that I think the lesson is if you cheat on your partner mm-hmm. and you think you can just pretend like you didn't, you, uh-huh. it might not work out for you if you are someone who experiences guilt. Which Sophie clearly does. And is also still in love with the person who you had the affair with clearly. And it wasn't just a casual thing. Even without the like being in love part, they worked together and were part of the friend group. Like, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of threads here. Yeah. Yeah. And Finley was living with them. Yeah. Also. She was super present. Yeah. yeah. Finley was kind of like everyone's emotional support lesbian last season. And then they were like, True. I right. guess she's gone. Bye. Like, yeah. Anyway. No, that would be so weird. Well, that's my other big question. Is she talking to Micah? Is she talking to Danny? Right. Is she talking? You right. know, like, her and Sophie were clearly so close. Like, would Danny be like, oh, how's Finley doing in Kansas City? And then what would Sophie say? And Sophie would be like, who? Right. Like, <laughs> what? Finley? Finley? Doesn't I don't know like anyone by that name. Also, where does she run to in the airport? Like, Cinnabon? I think she ran to <laughs> Danny. They went to Hawaii, but they didn't get married. That's That That's, was what yeah. I, that was the guy oh, I filled in. God, I hate that. Yeah. She ran, she we're smiled, in, I mean, she went, I, it's Danny. I don't want to marry you right now. They look great together. They do. I just think that, first of all, there's this really strong, like, you were too young to be getting married vibe radiating from both of them mm-hmm. from the jump. You know, I'm like, why are you? This yeah. is so. You don't have to. You guys could just be together. You don't have to. Yeah, just be together and, like, see how it works or doesn't. Or don't be together. Right. I always think of that line in Broad City where Alana's like, what am I, Lincoln, a child bride? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm 27. Like, yeah. <laughs> I think that's yeah. so funny. Um, Okay, well, I want to move us on to a happier couple, which is Angie and Jordy. Oh Oh my God, they're so cute. Angie and Jordy are walking around talking about Angie's horrible morning. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh And Jordy feels really supportive and sweet. And I love Uh that for them. And Angie also says that Bet needs a mood stabilizer, which is (laughs) so funny because then we cut to Bet at Dana's. Being insane. Proving immediately <laughs> that she needs a mood stabilizer. And like nothing against mood stabilizers. No, We've all been on that. Who amongst us? <laughs> Who's amongst us has not been on mood stabilizers? Um, you know who is keeping it chill? Is Bet. She's like, I need a wife. Bet famously undesirable Fam- is wondering. Yes, famously undesirable Bet Porter is like, will I die alone? And everyone's like, no. Right. <laughs> Stop cheating on people and you might not. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. She says that being around Carrie and Tina is hard because they're so together and she's going to die alone because how is she ever going to meet someone who meets all of her standards, which are as follows. Number one is employed. Mm -hmm. Number two has children. Mm -hmm. Number three was what else was there? She says that it's not that she wants someone to be employed. She wants them to have a career that they're as passionate about as she is, which is not true. true. (laughs) Not true at all. Okay. I did love that her friends were like, 
no. Yeah. That's not <laughs> you what don't. you want, actually. Yeah, they immediately call her out. I really like these brunch. Like, we had these in the first season, and I like that we're having them again. These, like, brunch scenes with, like, Bet and Shane and Alice. It's, like, really, you know, I really, I really like, like, just getting to, like, hang out with the original people mm-hmm. and seeing their fun friendship dynamic. Yeah. It's so. also nice for me as an elder C-Dyke, because, like, you know, I was in my 20s when they were in their 20s, and mm-hmm. now I'm in my late 30s. And they're in their early 40s. So it's like relatable to see mm-hmm. how your conversation suddenly you're sitting there talking about how to treat the other mom mm-hmm. of the children mm-hmm. of, you know, the person you're dating instead mm-hmm. of like Dana not knowing that you can like squirt from having like an <laughs> orgasm, <laughs> right. you know, gross. like everyone's really grown and changed. Yeah. Everyone's grown and yeah. changed. And then Alice is like, I know who to set you up with. Yeah. I immediately knew who it was and I was so excited. Yeah. <laughs> if only Bet was this excited. Then... Beth's coat walks her into her next location. Just oh my god! This coat. She looks like she's like in the Oliver musical, about to steal <laughs> someone's bag. From <laughs> there's another Beth costume that is like, did we rip off the musical set in London in like the 1800s? Yeah. Like, why is this <laughs> happening? We'll talk about it later. But like, anyway, Beth's coat. Lovely ladies <laughs> is what is the vibe I got from that. Really big vibes, but she's like the factory owner is the thing in that. She's right. like stomping around. <laughs> um, anyway, so she like stomps, stomps, stomps up to talk to this man about a job. Yeah, this purple guy. Yes, this purple guy. They seem to be like old enemies, which I think is kind of fun. Good for yeah. them. Wasn't he the husband in I Love Dick? Yes, it is Griffin Dunn, who is also mm. the star of Martin Scorsese's After Hours and lots and lots of other things, but... Elward listeners will probably know him from I Love Dick, the Joey He's Solo. He's short. Is he? He is kind of short. I mean, um, Bet is like tall. Just when right, Bet, she's also wearing her Fagin boots. She's got big boots and a big coat, so she looks bigger. The big thing is this man wants Bet to like bring in BIPOC artists. <laughs> Bet does not. And Bet's like, no. I actually wrote in my in my notes. <laughs> Bet said signing bonuses for whites too. <laughs> Yeah, she did. Big stipulation. She's like, I will get a signing bonus for all of my signs, including the white people. And I was like, sure, girl, go off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He says that like artists of color are all the rage, which I fully believe that this kind of guy would say that. But I felt like maybe the show agreed with it like didn't was it wasn't like a satire because like people love to say stuff like that right they love to be like oh it's Mm. trendy to do this and it's like no and the way they're framing it is like oh he wants to get artists of color because they're trendy as opposed to like oh maybe your gallery has been racist all these years and people are starting to criticize you for that it's like this reframing of being like oh this is cool now and it's like no that's not what's happening But also, I did feel like that was intentional, like to be authentic to his character that yeah. he would say that. And he's already made her a whole office. Okay, but Bet takes jobs so quickly. Why does Bet <laughs> always take jobs so quickly? This is always a thing where Bet, Bet didn't even like look over the paperwork, like nothing. Like there's no, just what? she's like sure. Do you remember when she was out to dinner with the person who broke her heart in college, and then she was like, "Oh, you want to start a gallery together? Let's oh, yeah. do it." Ah. Uh. Classic. And then before you know it, they're going, shake it, don't make it. And yeah. Video filmed by Johnny Schechter on a next-gen iPhone. <laughs> yep. But she's going to be working for him, and I'm sure we're going to get a lot a of drama dollars. from that. Yeah. Luckily, we've got the campaign debt taken care of. Yeah. That was, yeah. I didn't want that to be a storyline. I don't want to talk about no. the campaign debt anymore. <laughs> no. He said it even, and I was like, let's not talk <gasps> about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Well, I'm sure that like their dynamic is going to lead to some drama and some other drama that Alice is going to have, which she does not know she's going to have, is that her publisher is bringing in a new editor to work with her. And right. she's yeah. like, oh, my God, they love my book. They're so excited. They're going to send me this editor. And I was like, no, oh, I watch enough television to know <laughs> oh, that honey. this editor is not. Yeah, this is not going to go well. No. Also, did she write that entire book in the last? Right. How long has it been? <laughs> few months. Because I've been writing the same book for three years. Wow, that's pretty embarrassing, Reese, because Alice wrote it so much quicker. Yeah, I was going to say, Reese, the thing is, if you were a talk show host, maybe you would be a lot faster. Have more time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Did Alice write the book or did someone who Alice hired write the book? It sounds like Alice wrote the book. Okay. Yeah, and now they're like, you could use a light ghostwrite, probably. Okay. So they're going to hire that guy from Clueless. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, Um, Yes. Cool. Um, well, I'm sure we'll get to it. It's all in coming the together now. But right now, <laughs> dun, dun, Alice dun. told Finley to come back. Sophie starts freaking out. And then Sophie tells Alice about all the drama. Finley uh, and I, we, um, you know, we, um, uh, uh, did it? Yeah. When, when did you, when did you guys? Just uh, when we wrapped last season. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in the green room. Oh. First of all, I would never have said, admitted any of this to a boss because <laughs> boundaries. But if I were to have admitted some of this to the boss, I would have stopped just short of we boned in the green room. Correct. Like, <laughs> we could have gone, we could have just said we boned. We didn't have, she did right. it too, like, actually in the green room. It's like, no, no, yeah. no. <laughs> I yeah. would accidentally tell the entire story for sure. I would be like, I'm just going to say we hooked up and I'd be like, but it would also be funny <laughs> if I told her where we hooked up, you I know? Yeah. And I did get a laugh and it did get a facial expression. And yeah, it did play very well, actually, for me. So, But this is probably the first person she told, right? I think so. Well, aside from her sister, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the first person she's told since. Yeah. Since like going to Hawaii, coming back, like since everything like fell apart. Since Alice wrote an entire right. book. Since Alice wrote a book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted more from Alice here, though, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The other thing is, like, Alice loves gossip. Like, she didn't really even right. ask more questions. Yeah. If I, as a light Alice type myself, <laughs> um, an Alice Minor, I would have been like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> more. Yes. Please. Right. When did it start? How long had you guys been feeling this? What yeah. are the, like, how did it end? Have you talked? All the questions we have. Right. Alice was just like, don't. Tell Danny, basically. Right. Like, if you're going to get married, don't do it. Yeah. Which I think is, like, solid advice, but I would say the better advice is don't be with Dan. Don't tell Danny and then don't be... At this point, it's been months. Like, tell Danny right after it happened if you wanted to stay with her. At this point, don't tell Danny and don't be with her anymore. But instead, she decides to tell her at the rehearsal dinner. This whole... I was was losing, losing my mind. She decides to tell her at the rehearsal dinner. And then all of a sudden, Maribel has told Micah. And Micah's like... They're like staring daggers at (laughs) Sophie. But I'm like, why didn't she tell Micah earlier? Why is she telling at the rehearsal dinner? Because it's the rehearsal dinner. She's like, oh my God, I can't believe we've actually gotten this far. Yes, she's literally procrastinating on telling her fiance that she cheated on her. Like that is the whole thing is she's like, when is the last possible point? Oh Oh, shit, we're at our rehearsal dinner. We're going to get married tomorrow. Like that was it to me basically. Okay, well then she does the thing that I know bothers Reese a lot and it also bothers me where she goes, 
I need oh to tell you God. something. And then Danny goes, what? Is it the venue? And then she starts guessing. And then Sophie right. never says anything. And then they just move on. I hate it. I hate that. <laughs> I wrote in my notes that she distracted herself right out of finding any info. <laughs> like, yeah. she just was like, oh, is it the venue? The, is it too fancy? Which, yes, it is. If we hearken back <laughs> to the season bachelor? one, like Mansion? what was going on when they were looking at venues, this is much fancier, yeah. as Reese just reminded us. <laughs> this is the Bachelor Mansion. $10,000 a night on Airbnb. This is the United States' premier location <laughs> for heterosexual romance. This is way too fancy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But she doesn't even wait. She's like, it's the venue. And and then she's like, we should go out tonight. Let's go out tonight. Get wasted and like, it'll be fun. <sighs> this only happens in TV. The bulldozing, like yeah. if some, like I don't think there's ever a situation in real life where someone's like, I have to tell you something. You'd be like, it's a this, it's this, blah 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 blah, and and the no. other person also is not like, no, shh. I'm gonna be generous. I'm gonna be generous for a second, okay, and then, okay. And then we should move on before I get ungenerous real quick. I think there is a chance that Danny knows that something is wrong and does not want to know. I think that Danny, there's mm. Sophie is being so weird this whole episode. I can't believe, yeah. even though Danny and Sophie, like Danny's not maybe the most thoughtful partner, but I cannot imagine a world where Danny is not aware that there are problems. So I can right. see Danny potentially being like, I, I want to marry Sophie. I don't want my dad to be proven right. I just need the, I just need us to get married. Once we get married, everything will be okay. Once we get married, everything will be okay. And just is like in her own denial. I can see that being the case. And I'm going to, the way I do when I watch The L Word, take a theory that I have that is not really earned and I will incorporate it as canon and I will move on so I can believe this show and enjoy the hot people having sex. Which I want to note has not happened yet in this episode. We all have the things that get us through the days and they all were episodes and this is Drew's and that's beautiful. (laughs) At the end of last season, we did a whole post about our favorite ships and also people were putting their desired ships and my Mm. number one desired ship which I think makes sense on several narrative levels mm-hmm. and works for the whole dynamic would be for Micah and Maribel to get together. And I just want to say that I was getting vibes in this episode that they are perhaps closer than they were before and that perhaps maybe in the future they might be um, having sexuals. I would love that. I'm really hoping for that. Nothing brings two people together like plotting <laughs> to out your sister as a cheater and break up the wedding of your friends. Exactly. Yep. They have Michael's some like, stuff to bond over. Yeah. Then Angie's going to do the 23andMe. Um, have you, neither of you have done a 23andMe? Mm-mm. I did order one and then I didn't turn it in. Anyway, she's like having some feelings about whether she should take it or not. And then Beth comes in. Yeah. And another dynamic I love, we've talked about <laughs> that we love is Bet and Angie. Like, even though it's not maybe the healthiest parent-child dynamic, but I love watching it. It feels really real. I yeah. love how the actors interact. It's great. I thought this was cute. Like, she's getting ready for a date and yeah. she's asking Angie for advice. And Bet treats her like an adult, which I like because she is like yeah. 17. So she's right. like, I'm going out. I don't know if it'll be fun. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, she also says that um, the reason that they can't introduce her to the donors because they made that agreement with him that right. that she wouldn't reach out until she was 18. And if that's right. true, then that's legit. Yeah. Um, and also she said no on the genetic test because of the government collecting your data, which is also true. Look, 
but could reach out to Marcus Allenwood and be like, you know, Angie's 17, she's asking questions. Obviously, if you want to wait till 18, you can. And yeah. this can, you know, but I just wanted to throw it out there. She could do that. Oh, you know what she, she could, you know what she could do? She could call Marcus Allenwood and be like, I'm the head of Professor Plum's art gallery for BIPOC artists. And I would love to give you a signing bonus yeah. in my giant glass office. That already has my name on it. Um, I didn't write the whole quote, so I don't know what she says after. And I'm sure it was something serious and meaningful, but I did laugh at Bet Porter saying, well, for us as lesbians. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like so seriously for us as lesbians. I was like, yeah. you're so right. Like, I want to say it all the time now. <laughs> for us for as us, lesbians. Like, just about me, for us yeah. as lesbians. For us as lesbians, we just went through a lot in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Telling my roommates, like, I don't like what we had for dinner. Like, for us as lesbians, like, I don't want to order yeah. from that place. For like, us as lesbians, I don't know. I'm excited that Gigi's in the next scene. <laughs> and <laughs> That's the perfect you. use of she's that phrase. immediately game when she realizes she's on a date with Bet, and Bet looks horrified by the realization of what's happening. And Inexcusable. I, yeah. If I was accidentally on a date with Gigi, it would be the best day of my life. Poorest reaction. The other thing, though, there's one like quick interstitial of Shane oh. getting into a oh, car. right. With Thanks. the dog. Oh, yeah. She was texting. She was texting with the wife who's like, I can't wait to see you tonight or whatever. She's texting the woman she flirted with at the poker right. game. And like, she just immediately, she's like a heat-seeking <laughs> missile for the wrong person it. to flirt with. It's shocking. Anyway, back to this date, which is most important. You're so right that Bet has the wrong reaction to <laughs> yeah. Sandy what? She's hot. Like, who cares? Whatever. Drew, say the thing that you said to me about the hottest person in your friend group. Remember? Like, Imagine if you were set up on a date with the hottest person in your friend group who you like haven't really had a chance to get to know. And then you're just like, oh, cool. Now this could be a thing. Like, that's amazing. That's great. I've been begging for my friend to set me up with the hottest person <laughs> yeah. for years. And Bet just Bet just gets it handed to her after complaining yeah. at coffee. Also, since when does Bet care about like being entangled in the chart? Like, oh, Alice was in a brief thruple with this person. Like, calm down, Bet. Like, she what else is new? Slept with Alice herself. Yeah. Right. Alice is one of her best friends, and they used to date. So, like, w- get over it. And Bet is so rude. Yeah. And Gigi goes, So you look amazing. Is this Tom Ford? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. It's hot. These freaks are right. made for each other. It's perfect. <laughs> They're so good together. I feel like we get to see Gigi's personality in a way that like we haven't before. And notably that she's like really good yes. at, she's good at handling this situation yes. with grace. I mean, the thing is, I think she's hot and she knows she's hot. But if like, if you were like a less attractive than Gigi or less successful than Gigi and you walked up and your date was treating you like this, like I would feel terrible about myself. You would like crumble. And Gigi's just like kind of like rolling with it and sort of like batting it back. Like Gigi kind of thinks mm-hmm. it's funny that Bet is like mm-hmm. upset. And I was like, good for you. She has unshakable yeah. confidence. As She's she like, should. let's have fun. Let's just like do something as she should. As we all should, really. Yes. Um, we cut in the middle of this fun date to Alice and Nat. Well, like Nat is watching TV. As for you. On her laptop, I was like, Drew's going to hate this. I... I lost my goddamn mind at this scene because, okay, it's true that I hate SVU. I hate cop shows. I hate SVU specifically. But that aside, a lot of people watch SVU. A lot of people I love watch SVU. It's complicated. We can't, we don't need to get into it. Uh, look, I wrote a whole essay about cop shows. If you want to find it on autoshrottle.com, you can. Um, but what bothered me most about this is Alice talking about SVU, like it's a new show that like, 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 like what? what like when she's like, she wants to hear about the hype. Like I've, 
I've still seen episodes. Like, I hate There's SVU, no hype anymore. Several. Ep- I've seen so many episodes of Law and Order over the years because I'm a person and I exist in a space. But that that aside, like she's been in a relationship with Nat for years, and Nat's favorite show is SVU. But Alice is like coming home and being like, like what? What? Like what? Like wh- have you not been around your partner when she was watching her favorite show? It doesn't like, make any sense. Nat is like squirreled away in their room watching SVU episodes while Alice works. Like it doesn't make it. It's unhinged. That, it annoyed me so much. And the other thing <laughs> that annoyed me a lot is Nat falling asleep during like that Alice, was so like, fast kissing her or whatever. They're so boring. First of all, never seen someone fall asleep so fast <laughs> in my life. But secondly, if you were sleepy enough to fall asleep while your like partner is kissing you. Why wouldn't you have fallen asleep during SVU, which you've yeah. seen every episode of by yeah. the year 2021? No. I'm sorry. Like, unbelievable time to take a nap. The amount of time it took her to fall asleep, you guys, Alice, like, kissed her on the top of her chest, Alice right just- here, and then <laughs> conked out. Done. <laughs> Done. And here's the thing, is that, like, besides it just making me feel like they're boring and shouldn't be together and wanting to just, like, free them <laughs> both to have more interesting relationships on this show, it also means that we still have not had a sex scene yet. Which I know we've watched this whole episode, so we know we're going to get one, and I'm grateful for that. And I'll be very grateful when we get to discussing that, and, and the you listeners will know that I'm grateful. But at this current moment, while I was watching, <laughs> I wrote in all caps in my notes, "Why hasn't there been a sex scene yet?" Um, yeah, and I was very frustrated. So homophobia mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. its finest. Back in the bar, Carrie and Tina have arrived. Ah, so good! Oh my god! Or like the restaurant, wherever Gigi, oh. wherever Gigi and Bet are having their yeah. dinner. And so they come over to say hi to Gigi and Bet, and it's Carrie is so perfect and cute. And you must be Carrie. Yes, I've heard so much about you. Oh, really? Anything Bet's told you about me is subject to cross examination. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I know we're all part of the same team. What team is that? Yankees, all the way. Yankees are die. <laughs> this is a TV trope I do love, which is like really hushed quickly. Like my ex yes. is coming over here. I need you yes. to pretend that we're having yeah, like right. whatever it is. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm in for that. And Gigi performs incredibly. Mm-hmm. She's in fact even mm-hmm. mean to Carrie right. and Tina, which mm-hmm. is so fun to yeah. watch. Get the scallops. They are perfectly seared. Oh, no, I got a texture thing with scallops, honey. No can do. I can't. No. Save them for the grown-ups, right? Bet is like letting them kind of like make her feel like shaken up. And Gigi's like, I don't care about these people. Yeah. I'll, make, yeah. I'll roast them. Mm-hmm. Watch me. Just incredible, incredible, incredible. Almost like the perfect person. Well, and I love both of these couples. Like I love, I love them both together. Like we sort of go back and forth between like seeing the two of them, like the two different conversations once they've like at their separate areas or whatever. And like, it makes so much like Tina and bet never really made sense to me, except that I was like, Oh, bet wants someone who's like a little bit boring because she wants to control the room. But that never felt like growth for bet. Like that's why I love bet and Jody. I mean, I don't love, the way Bet treated Jody, but in a world where Bet actually grew, um, I bet and Jody would be like my favorite couple on the L word and maybe my favorite couple like TV history. Like I really love Bet and Jody theoretically. Yeah. And the thing about Bet and Tina was it just always was like, oh, Bet's like not pushing herself to grow at all. And with Tina, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you're just letting this person like steamroll your life and you're not really having your life. And so to like watch the two of them, I mean, Bet and Gigi aren't like together together yet, but like, Tina and Carrie like make so much sense and it's so sweet and I really love them together. Yeah. And then like Bet and Gigi, I'm like, yes, this is who you should be with Bet. You actually should want someone who has their own like life and career yeah. and personality and can like match. And you knows and- Tom Ford. Yeah. And also she relays. And like 
roast people for not liking scallops. Yeah. Also scallops, the texture of scallops is like one of the best parts of scallops. Yes. Scallops are so good. I love scallops. Yeah. Scallops are amazing. So like I do agree with her <laughs> just demolishing Carrie about that. It's fine. Whatever. For us as lesbians, we love scallops. <laughs> for us as, as lesbians, lesbians, we love scallops. Then she like, she kisses Bet, right? She's like, are we going to do this? Yes. We're going to do this to make them jealous. Yes. And that yes. is hot because it keeps going. Yes. But also when Tina and Carrie, when it goes back to them, Carrie's like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, I'll try the scallops. Like, I know I'm just being like, you know, close minded, you know, let's do it. Let's have an adventure with the scallops, you know? And then Tina says that she, that she thinks she's beautiful. And then Carrie tears up. I also. <laughs> so teared good. Up. I think you're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice thing to say. I love you. I love you too. It was really it was so sweet. sweet. The whole thing was just, I wrote, oh no, yeah. I love them. I also love Carrie being like, Tina, you are the most beautiful person here. And Tina's like, okay, but Gigi's very beautiful. And Carrie's like, objectively, in like a common kind of way, I guess. Yes, I guess I could say so, but. Honey, she's no you. Trust me on that one. Yeah. I thought all that was sweet. Also, Bet says to Gigi something like, I would say that I love you. Yeah, she's like, I would say I love you, but I don't know you well enough. Yeah. After they kiss, she says, You're very naughty. (laughs) I was dying. It was so good. I loved this. The whole, yeah. Everything that happened in there is like everything that I love about the L word and why I'm so happy that it's back and we're here talking about it. And then next, ne- next, next scene, um, we get into some of the things that that I that I don't don't like as much. Um, so they're back seeing Eddie, and Shane opens the door and says, "Ladies first, letting Tess go." And it has taken this deep into this first podcast episode for me to bring this up, but I would just like to remind <laughs> everyone at home that Tess is not canonically trans. Um, neither is Jordy, I guess, because Marja keeps insisting that. And actually, I think was asked after my essay came out like about it, and Marja was like, we're sticking to that, and we'll introduce more trans characters instead of making these two major trans actresses who are on the show as major characters trans. Anyways, the reason I bring this up right now is because like, it felt like such a moment to me of like a cis slightly mask of center for calling Shane that lesbian, like would open the door for like a femme trans woman and be like ladies first. Like it felt to me, like I just was like, Oh, this is a, this makes like so much of the way that they write tests. I just am always like, Oh, like this like little thing makes me think like, this is how a cis person would interact with the trans person who they're like in this space. Yeah. And so I just was like, do the writers, because they know Jamie's trans, like even though they're supposed to be writing her as cis, like sometimes put things in, like when Jamie is like girls like us in the first season, like these things where I'm just like, yeah. it doesn't need to mean she's trans, but I'm just a little bit like, oh, this would make more sense. Anyways. I thought that same thing when she said that, when she did the ladies first thing. Yeah. I mean, there's still no reason why she can't be trans. Like yeah. she's still trans canonically in my head. So is Jordy. Like until like she's complaining about her period cramps, like she is, <laughs> she's still trans because again, <laughs> Just because a character isn't like, oh, taking my estrogen this morning, like doesn't mean that they're not trans. And so like all of the experiences that Tess has 
totally she could be trans she could be a trans person experiencing all these things in fact again there are so many things little things where i'm like oh this makes more sense if she's trans so anyways she's still trans in my head when a major trans lesbian is introduced on this show i will i will you know go back and be like fine you know tess isn't trans but until then anyways moving on in this scene so shane uh tried to fuck eddie's wife shane do you know why i started this poker game no because I wanted a place for black lesbians to be able to come, kick it, and just vibe. Mainly because y'all take up a lot of space on WeHo. That dinosaur shit is not for us. And I don't fuck with your music. It's whack. What I want to do is sort of bring our worlds together. So by allowing you to come into our space, I assumed you'd be respectful of my house. Uh, okay. I, um, I think you lost me. You tried to fuck my wife. Which yeah. I thought was actually, that was nice. It was nice to hear like a black masculine person be like, your scene and your whole deal is very white and I yeah. don't feel comfortable there. And so I created this own yes. place. But yeah, I was thinking about, because I don't, I don't get it. Are we supposed to think that Eddie's being unfair? Because she says that they are in an open relationship. And also, I mean, the girl hit on Shane first. And Shane says like, I didn't know this yeah. was your wife. Like, okay, fine. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like... I agree that some of the white lesbian spaces, the music is <laughs> whack. I feel it. Also though, like, yeah, it is just really confusing that she's like, she can fuck whoever she wants, but like you've come into this space being Shane. And it's like, well, that's so what I've seen does not really say that that is what happened. So yeah, Reese, am I supposed to be on Eddie's side or right. am I supposed to be on Shane's? Right. Or is this all just part two of the Don Dunbo lover, Cindy, <laughs> Shane? Right. For me as lesbians, <laughs> I've never played an underground poker game. And the L word is telling me that it's something that this? happens frequently. Do you, either of you have experience? I've never played an above ground poker game. I've played an above ground poker game, but never with a group of lesbians or like lesbian adjacent people. That'd be fun. For us as lesbians, yeah, it's illegal though. So we would never do anything illegal. Oh, I was I wasn't even thinking of it like as it is on the L word where it's like cool and there's a lot of money involved. I was just thinking like we'd get together as friends and like eat snacks. Well, yeah, I mean, I sure don't have the, yeah. like, $10,000 it takes to buy into Eddie's game. That's just me speaking for me, yeah. not even as lesbians. Um, Yo, it's always good to specify, like, are you talking about us as yeah. lesbians? Or <laughs> is it me for me? Um, yeah. The one thing I did like was when Shane was like, well, I would like my 10K back. And she was like, no, it's reparations. And and Shane had to be like, okay. <laughs> Shane's like, that's right. fair. All right. Sure. Like, Yeah. Shane has the 10K. I yeah, saw this woman get on right. a private jet. So Yeah. But also if she has it to potentially lose in a poker game, then like she obviously yeah, has fine. it. But also, you know, right. it, yeah, it's just very confusing who what we're supposed to think. Maybe it is just like, yeah, she's allowed to fuck who she wants, but did you really, you know? Yeah. I think there is a read of it where it's like, Shane, you don't just like get to swagger in and like piss wherever you want. And the person that she chose just happens to be my wife. So it's regardless of whether we're in an open relationship, like you can't just walk in here and like act like this is a new playground for you, which I think is maybe what the point was. Like I invited you in as a guest and here you are. (laughs) (laughs) You come to me this day of my lesbian poker game and (laughs) And you try to sleep with my wife. Like anyway, also though, then like Tess and Shane run out with like, don't you forget about me basically (laughs) like playing in the background. And I was like, did Tess just like lose a job though? Like what's going yeah. on? 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like their dynamic though. Like I really like it's it cute. feels like Shane and Tess I are gonna too. sort of be like paired together even more this yeah. season. And I love that. I love I love their dynamic. Like I think I yeah. think, like Kate and Jamie are really fun together and like it's it that I really like that. I think they are together for the rest of the season because Kate did an interview said that like now her and Jamie are super close because they did almost That's all lovely. their scenes together. That's so I don't nice. I wonder where that might go. That's fun. Sophie and Danny are at the a club. They went out. The they club. still have not had their conversation, the but they are they're out. And Sophie tells Danny about the promotion, but is they're talking about kids and Sophie was gonna get pregnant. And there's just like a lot of, you know, there's like a they're like having some drunken, we're at a nightclub after our rehearsal dinner, serious talks as people do traditionally. That talk though was bananas. Like, yeah. how old are they? 25, 26? And like, even if they're 30, here's the right. thing. It no, doesn't totally. fucking make sense. No, right. If Sophie really does, like if Sophie does want to get pregnant and have children, start a family, first of all, there are like, you have to take a million tests. You have to figure out yeah. what kind of donor you want. You have to, you have to do so many things. Like she probably wouldn't, after the wedding and stuff, she probably wouldn't be able to even start that process for a yeah. few months. And then when she starts the process, it could take her a really long time to even get pregnant. And I know that like Tina devoted herself to it. So maybe that's what we're supposed to be thinking of. But also I think Tina was supposed to be like in her early thirties or something like that. And also her and Bet already had established everything else in their lives. And Bet was like making right. a ton of money. But like if she was offered a higher position, she should take that position, work it and then take maternity leave yeah. and get a bigger paycheck for maternity leave. Like it, not even taking the no. job because right. you are thinking about starting a family soon. That is literally just completely insane. <laughs> Yeah. Negotiate yeah. better benefits in right. your new job offer and like figure out parental leave. And like, I'm nowhere near children, but like they cost a lot of money. Why would you be like, no, I'm just going to not <laughs> take the higher paying job offer so that I can plan to have kids who will take up more yeah. money. Yeah. It, like on my insurance, it covers, my insurance covers $2,000 of fertility services. That's it. Wow. And I have really good insurance. That's the other thing. Is she going to quit her health insurance? She's going to quit her health insurance? Yeah. I mean, like, even if Danny is the trans woman character, she'd still have to go off her <laughs> estrogen for like months and months and months. And it and it doesn't even work very often, even when you go off your estrogen for months and months. So there's really no way that the two of them together can get pregnant quickly. It's just not, it's just not in the cards. <laughs> Though I would love that twist. I was just like, this is so stupid and contrived, you know? I mean, yeah. the point of it was like Sophie saying, I don't want to be, like, I want to be, she basically wants to be a stay-at-home mom, which means she could still work for like the first few months of her pregnancy. Right. Yeah. So stupid. Anyway, that annoyed me so much. Then right. Danny makes a confession, which is that she had a sex dream about Bet and that she had a crush on Bet when yeah. she worked for her. Everyone she, did. But and Danny. she wants Sophie to know that before <laughs> they get married. It's a crush. Like Who if my cares? fiance, if my fiance was working for Bet Porter and did not have a crush on her, I would Break be concerned. Up. I would be like, yeah. I don't know who you are. I can't marry you. Yeah. I feel like that's day one conversation. Danny comes home from work and is like, my boss yes. is so hot. And Sophie's like, amazing. Yes. Are you in love with her? And like, that's where we go from there. Yes. And then over the course of working on Beth's failed mayoral campaign, you'd be like, today? Yeah. Right. Like, like, unless you think it's going to go somewhere, in which case, right. sure. But like, the way that they set it up is like, it was never going to go anywhere. But Danny has this like very innocent and pure like cheating is a deal breaker like yeah. basis like cheating can be a deal breaker and you can't you cannot be innocent and pure that's not really what I mean but like she's just got this like yeah. doe-eyed like 
is crushes cheating maybe oh, like everyone knows no, that tasha thinks that thinking is cheating <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it is thinking cheating it, danny's here to like take up that right mantle. well they, they should be doing this around a campfire yeah so then of course sophie does not once again yeah well okay in sophie's defense here your girlfriend being like, I have something huge to tell you. You're like, okay, great. I also have something huge to tell you. It's that I cheated on you. Danny's like, I had a crush on my boss. And specifically Bette Porter. Right. It never went anywhere. Now what am I supposed to say? Uh, I fucked Finley in the green room. Oh, sick. I fucked Finley in the green room at my office. We're even. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's so weird. (laughs) Similarly to me, I actually, I had a crush on Finley. We had sex, but it was like not a big deal. So like, ah, let's get married (laughs) gonna quit my job so glad we had this talk when your fiance says to you right before you get married cheating is a deal breaker and you cheated no you don't tell her what you do is you break off the wedding and you don't marry this person who (laughs) has different values than you you broke the deal (laughs) so either you're gonna lie to this person and your entire marriage is gonna be built on this lie and and it's going to be found out because you had sex with someone who was in your social circle. It was, not, come on, at your place of work. Yeah. You've told multiple people, come on. You've told Alice Piazeki. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, this is doomed. It's going to be on the chart. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing that Sophie and Danny do well. Have sex. Have sex. And they do. Yeah. And I want to reiterate from the first season that the intimacy coordinator of this show is the MVP. The sex scenes on the show, the only time I've ever seen sex scenes that are better than the Genku sex scenes is Vita. That is the only show I've ever yeah. seen or even movie. Like it, the sex scenes on Genku are so well choreographed, so well done, so specific. Mm-hmm. I love them. And even when they're characters who I think should break up and not have sex or they could keep <laughs> having sex after they break up a classic. Yeah, for sure. Oh my God, I wonder if that'll happen. I'm sure. A time-honored tradition. Yeah. <laughs> um, but even no matter how I feel about the sex that's happening, I always enjoy watching it. Yeah. I thought that they did a great job at sexuals. Agreed. And I was like, good job. You're still sexy. You still mm-hmm. have that one thing in common. It's the only thing you guys have in common so far that we've seen, which is that you like having sex with each other. Um, but I don't know. Oh, you know what else though? You know what else hmm. though? Just side note. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad they didn't get into this because I hated it. But remember when Bet pushed that guy or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> whatever that. Yeah. I guess he didn't yeah, press charges so or was yeah. there any charges to be pressed? I don't know. I never really followed that storyline. I don't know. I mean, the paps were all over it. Yeah. Anyways, so we go to the wedding where the wedding is happening. Sophie does not say we shouldn't get married. So there's going to be a wedding. And Tess is bartending because uh-huh. apparently, like, she's the only bartender in LA. Like, Carmen was the only DJ. Like, it's just, I'm yeah. like, she's your friend now. Like, why is she bartending? Anyway, she's bartending. Um, and, uh, yeah. And she says she lost her job. Yes. Right, right. I felt like Bet's outfit was designed for one purpose only. And it was so that in the scene where she tells Alice and Nat that she kissed Gigi and they both go, that scene was in the trailer, but you can only see Beth from behind. And because her dress involves fabrics from all ends of the earth, all assembled in some sort of patchwork design (laughs) in her body, she has a white thread, like a white ribbon that's tied in the back of her dress. So in that clip, Mm -hmm. in the trailer, it looks like they're talking to a waitress or a server Mm. because it looks like she has an apron. But... I forgot right. that also sometimes people wear different occupations as fashion. Mm. You know? 
See, that's interesting that from the back she's giving waitress <laughs> because the front was very much giving like yeah. pirate <laughs> overboard, like shark bite at the bottom kind of situation. Yeah, like talk like a pirate day going along John Silver's. And the top, the necktie situation. Confusing. I just, I don't know what was going on there. Also, are you allowed to wear like dark colors to weddings? I thought black was like mm-hmm. a really. I I've definitely wear black to weddings. I haven't been to enough weddings. Are there rules on that? You can't wear white. I can't wear white anywhere. It's rude. And also, I'm constantly thinking I'm about to get my period. (laughs) Well, um... (laughs) So, Nat and... So, yeah. So, now they find out that Ben and Gigi kiss. Okay. Yes. Then, this interesting thing... Nat and Alice are way too invested in what Gigi is doing for people who are like, Gigi doesn't have a life. Whatever. No. I was actually very surprised. And I think as it develops, we're seeing hints of this, like the whole like Ben and Gigi being together. I don't think Alice or Nat are actually going to be as comfortable with it as they think. Like, right. That's that Nat and and Alice are not characters on, on this show who are like super fluid with all of that. They're very jealous. So I don't, I think there's going to be some drama. It was weird when, when Alice was like, well, I don't know. It's weird now. Like we're all, too connected and I'm like you actually were finger fucked at the opera by bet like it's you're already connected yeah, your favorite sex scene. you're already fluid yeah. bonded right she set yeah. them up what do you mean <laughs> this is weird now that we're more connected you told yeah. me to go on a date yeah. you think I'm not gonna <laughs> yeah. kiss I could see that though. I could see Alice being like, yeah, oh my that's God, this how is Alice perfect. always and then is. being like yeah that like totally checks out for me that Alice would be like actually this is not what I wanted um and then Nat is talking to a beautiful trans woman named Marissa. Well, at least the actress is trans, knowing Marcia. Oh. Maybe the character is <laughs> cis. Um, but, and then like, and she has a husband and a girlfriend and Alice is getting jealous. And it's, I just wish that, I just want, I don't want jealousy. I just want people to be hot and have sex with lots of hot people. I think that, because when she went over and they were talking about, she was talking about the thruple or whatever, which is a weird like opening conversation to have with somebody. Mm-hmm. And Alice was like, it didn't, you know, it ended poorly. And Nat was like, well, I no, like, and Nat was kind of defending the thruple as a concept. Thank God, mm-hmm. because I think we all know there's, it's, it was a yeah. perfect concept and we loved it. It was the best. It was the best. I got the feeling that Nat maybe liked that and is interested mm. in opening up their relationship. And that's why she was talking to that woman about it and was interested in it. And Alice yeah. is not picking up any of those vibes. Yeah. I hope that's where they go. And I hope Alice like, yeah, it gets on board. I do want to just consider the a woman's reality, which is that you meet a random person <laughs> not at a wedding. How long does it take to get into like, I'm here with my girlfriend and my boyfriend? Probably not that long. Okay, fine. And immediately Nat is like, still weird though. Like I've never introduced myself to a person and been like, who are you yeah. here with as your dates? Odd, but fine. And Nat goes, oh, that's just like me. Actually, let me tell you my thing. And then Alice comes over and is like, our thing was bad. It's like, I'm just here to watch people get married. Actually, I'm living my happy throuple. Goodbye. It's so crazy. I assumed that Marissa was hitting on Nat and that's how it got brought mm. up. Like, I assumed that she actively was like, mm. was like, oh, you know, and the, and she was like, yeah, like, oh, are you like, are you here with anyone? And she was like, oh, like my girlfriend. And she was like, oh, I have a girlfriend too. And a husband. We're Polly. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. I created a whole narrative for this trans woman who sure. had one mind. Um, but that is <laughs> that is what I was expecting. And I was like, oh, like, and so now she's like introducing Nat to a world where they could all have sex and we could watch. Yeah. I know. I just wish that, I just wish that Marissa <laughs> didn't have to introduce Nat to a world. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's exhausting to introduce sure a Nat is. to a world. 
but somewhere in here, Sophie texts Alice and asks her to come talk to her. And this again was another situation in which I wanted more classic Alice, you know? Yeah. But she basically, maybe she's grown. I don't care for that. My voice just cracked. Cause you're growing. So and changing. <laughs> changed. So right. Um, but she tells she, her, she didn't tell her. Yeah. Also like Sophie needs a friend. Where's Sophie's well, yeah. sister? Where's like, yeah, that's part of, that's part of what happens when you fuck your, you have to fuck your friends carefully. I really am a big fan of fucking your friends, but you have to do it carefully <laughs> because you don't want to end up in a situation where you don't. I mean, that is one of the challenges though, right? Like if you're having drama right. with fucking a friend and the friend is who you usually talk to about your drama, it does complicate things. Yeah. It just right. does. But, you know. And the things that might complicate are your wedding. Yeah, sure. Never happened to me personally, but in this case, it's very much. And Micah, Micah and Maribel have just dropped it. Like what, why wouldn't, why wouldn't he tell his best friend, Danny about like, I just, that was so confusing to me. I was like, wh- well, they were, cause it's not his place. It's not his place to tell her. Sophie no. has to tell her. But it was his place to make a scene at the rehearsal yeah. dinner. If I know that my best friend, I, I'm also friends with my best friend's longtime partner and I love her, but I know that my best friend cheating is a deal breaker. And I find out, I would say to Sophie, hey, I know this about Danny and you, it should come from you. It will devastate her if it comes from anyone but you, but, or you need to end this and then no one needs to find out. But if you plan on marrying this person, you need to tell her or I will. That's what I would say. So I would just, I, as a person who is not into conflict, would just uh, let it, let it be. So when your best friend finds out that you knew, because your best friend's going to find out and then they're going to say to you, they're going to be like, can you believe this? I'm just not a good enough liar, maybe. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. No. That's true. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I guess. I mean, are they best friends? Yeah, if it was my best friend. If it was my best friend, yeah. Because my loyalty would be to my best friend. Yeah. The way they keep saying like, for Danny, cheating is a deal breaker. If you're you're calling it cheating already, then it probably is a deal breaker, right? Like, isn't cheating usually a deal breaker? No, like, I, I, I mean, like, it, when I've been in monogamous relationships, cheating wasn't a deal breaker for me, but maybe that's why I no longer want to be in monogamous relationships because that's not my relationship to monogamy. Um, but I don't know. Right. I mean, I've forgiven people for cheating. Yeah, I think it's more that, like, she is on yeah. record, hard power pose stance of, like, if someone cheats on me, yeah. it's over. Versus, like, people who, like what you're saying, like, in theory most people would probably be like, oh, that's not good and maybe end it or maybe not, but they would like right. have some, you know, reaction. She's like, my reaction is always yeah. end. And also, how can you even enjoy your wedding? Like if no, you she's know- she's not enjoying, she looks miserable. Yeah, she's looked miserable. So this into, she looks stressed out and miserable. Like she's, like she's clearly like bowled over by how hot Danny is on multiple occasions. <laughs> like she is like stunned by how beautiful she is. But like, you don't really see anything of her like being like, head over heels for Danny's personality. But you also see that in terms of her whole emotional reality is like just like a tight, tightly wound like coil that you can't live your life like that. We didn't talk about the really intense camera work at the rehearsal dinner when she realizes that like Maribel and like Micah have been discussing. It's like, like it's like all over. She's like panicked. Um, So the thing that I knew would happen the whole time and I was waiting to happen, it does in fact happen. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm you happy it happened. Was going to happen? Yeah. Any, I was anytime surprised. Where it's like le- we're leading up to a wedding. There's a character who's the 
point of all of the drama and isn't in the episode yet. And there weren't going to, but we know is in the season. Yeah. We like, yeah, Finley wasn't going to not be in the first episode. So I was like waiting for it to happen. And then it did happen and it makes no sense. It's so ridiculous. When I look around the love. Hello. Oh, but I'm happy it happened because now Finley's there. The drama gets to all happen. And now we can move on to what the second season of the show will be, which who knows what it will be because now like, right. all of these relationships have been exploded and we get to actually like m- move on and actually like, right. Right. Yeah. This is like the, it was so weird though. This was just a pre episode for the rest of the season. It's so bizarre that Finley shows up and goes, <laughs> hello into the, into the like wedding venue. Like what did you, and then she comes in and she's like, Oh, Oh my God. It's like, where did she think she was going to like go through the door to? She thought she was like walking into this big space and she was going to open the door and like Sophie was just sitting in a chair like waiting for her. It was so strange. She's wearing, <sighs> didn't Alice say like the wedding? Like I, whatever. She's in her plain clothes, you know, just like straight off, straight out of LAX, just right onto the runway of the wedding. I'm hoping that Micah texted her and organize this whole thing because oh, one, yeah. that would answer the question of why Micah isn't telling Danny and two, because that would make Micah like a little bit of a sociopath and that'd be interesting. I'd love that. I mean, what an interesting <laughs> direction for that character that we haven't spent enough time with. Like, you know, yeah, what a twist. But we do know that Alice called. Yeah, it was probably um, Alice. <laughs> Alice called him was like, we miss you, you know? Yeah. To be like, aren't you going to be at Sophie's wedding? Like that's on <laughs> da, 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 at this time in this place. And then Alice got the time wrong by an hour. It was so silly. Yeah, Finley thinks she's busting in to like catch Sophie getting yeah, her makeup done. Yeah, and then she's like, oh whatever. shit. And it's like, nope, they're just, Hi. it's really happening. She's like in the aisle. Oh boy, I, I love you. I think I've always loved you and I just don't want you to get married without all that information. And if you don't feel the same way, I'll leave right now and, you know... <laughs> This would be a great story to tell her something, but um, I do love you, so I'm pretty sure you love me too. Dude, like you are burning a lot of bridges at the same time right now. Yeah, this is a big move. Yeah, I mean, all of Danny's dad's people, they run LA. I mean, what are you, you're going to be, you're canceled in this town. (laughs) All of the corporations, Finley will never live in this town again. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's wild. I also wonder, like, I've been to three weddings in my lifetime now. Not a lot of drama. They mostly go how they're supposed to. Oh, yeah, this never happens in real life. Sure. Bet and Alice and (laughs) Shane have been to, well, Shane was the reason that the wedding didn't happen. But (laughs) Bet and Alice have been to multiple weddings that are just disasters. Yeah. Yeah. You have to wonder if it's their impact. They're like planets that have bad gravitational pull towards weddings. Bad stuff happens. And everyone's like jaw drops. And Alice's like, I think I know what this is about. (laughs) Also, did you see Tess Tess gives Tess gives Finley the like look of death when she like walks by when she walks by Tess Tess is like (laughs) Yeah. So much money down the drain for Dan for the evil empire, you know? Yeah, I haven't seen the full wedding venue, but I assume that it's just as extravagant as the Bachelor Man. So It's got to be Spency. Yeah. I did appreciate one thing. We all know that that kind of thing never happens at weddings. But another mm-hmm. thing that has never happened at any wedding I've ever witnessed or heard about is someone asking the, the 
whole audience like if you have any opposition to this union yeah. speak now or forever hold your peace that doesn't happen in real life but it yeah. always happens in yeah. movies and tv shows because that's an excuse for the person to stand up and say actually i'm in love with you or whatever yeah the fuck so i was glad they did i was glad they didn't do that i was glad they didn't do that i agree my favorite instance of like this sort of wedding on tv is the first episode of the second season of transparent because she goes through with the wedding the wedding happens no one interrupts yeah. it she's freaking out at the party like i made a mistake and then she like goes to the bathroom and has like a quiet freak out where she's like <laughs> can we not send in the document like and that to me is like if if that's the version of this that fe- felt really realistic to me right and and also still felt really dramatic and still got across the same thing i get that the yeah. L word is more of a soap opera than honestly, like stuff like this doesn't actually bother <laughs> me this much. Like the lead up to justifying Danny and Sophie getting married still after everything we've seen, that bothered me. Sophie, I mean, Finley interrupting the wedding in this way, like, yeah, it's ridiculous, <laughs> but like, like that, I, that I, I will like, allow I'm it. On, I will absolutely board. allow but, it. But it was yeah, kind I'm of on fun. board for like Sophie yeah, things like that. Fun. It's just the justification yeah. to get there. Like, I get that you want these so these soapy things, but like don't sacrifice who these characters are in order to get there because there are other ways to get there. And there, there could be a world where like Finley was back in LA this whole time and they'd gotten to sort of like a good place where like Sophie wasn't freaking out all the time. They just, it was a thing they didn't talk about. And Finley, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different scenarios where like it just made a little bit more sense. Micah doesn't know, like Micah didn't have to know that thing thrown in there just made, just like overcomplicated it. And I just, it's just these things where I'm like, I get that you want, drama and soapy drama and that's fun i love it that's why i'm watching the l word i'm not expecting like you know whatever but i just don't understand when character is sacrificed in order to get there well i enjoyed it (laughs) i enjoyed it i mean i enjoyed it it's not about enjoyment it's just right yeah it's just like i get frustrated yeah here's the thing okay so like i generally like watch porn that has plot and sometimes uh-huh. I'll be watching it and I'll be like, ah, I wish I could just like make a few script notes, like a few tweets. Like, <laughs> I get that it's porn. And so the point is not that it has like, like a perfect script, but sometimes I am like, if you just, if you just like threw this line in, like just justified it this way, like this, this like would work better for me. And like, yeah. And so that's how I feel about the L word. Like I know the, the there are points, not that the point is just sex and hotness on the L word. There are other, there's the fashion. There's lots of other, there's like the fun soapy drama. But I do still feel this thing where I'm like, what? There's just, there's just, there's just like a few tweaks I want to make, and it drives me nuts. And I'm just like, come, like it just every, I all the stuff that's so good and so fun, and like there is so much being introduced. And I'm really excited for the rest of the season. And like, I mean, even if it was just the scenes with Rosie O'Donnell, I would be thrilled. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. So like, there's so much that I really like, and I just, it's these little things that I'm like, these little things, both politically and narratively, that I just like drive me nuts. <laughs> but it's okay. I'm happy to be here with you both. I take my brain right out my head. I say these people are hot and they're making mistakes. And I love that's it. The, that's the tagline. These like, people are hot and they're making mistakes. Yeah, I'm excited for the season. I, I'm curious about Ben and Gigi. I love, I mean, Danny is obviously going to spiral. Like this is not going to be, I don't know what's going to happen there, but it's going to be messy. Um, I'm not super interested in what's happening with Shane right now. Um, I don't, I don't, I still feel the dog is an unnecessary plot device and I hope that they give it up even though I love dogs. Um, I have really good feelings about um, Micah um, possibly hooking up with um, Maribel. I said that 
in the yeah. widest way possible. So in case anyone is curious about what race <laughs> I am, now you know. Um, I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. I think that they got some really fun dialogue off in this episode. And that is what I For was sure. like thrilled about. There's just a lot of like people being snappy. People were yeah. on their on their game, which I always yeah. like. Here's the thing is that like, I think when there was announced that there was going to be a spinoff of the L word, I was like, Oh, show about like all the things we love about the L word, like show about lesbians and lesbian community. But the things that drove us nuts about the L word are going to go away. And I think what I just need to accept is that actually like, this is what the L word is that if it didn't (laughs) have these other things, then it wouldn't be the L word. And then what would be the fun in that? So, right. I feel (laughs) similarly and I'll give you, I'll encourage you to be excited about this for me. (laughs) <laughs> as a lesbian um watching I didn't watch the L word like live or anytime near it like it was way later and so now I feel yeah connected to yeah. any community a specific one as lesbians. for sure but like a niche yeah. one for sure but like a specific for us as lesbians <laughs> community of people who were getting who loved the L word but were still getting yeah. mad about the L word I'm like I'm, yeah, that's I'm doing it also so that's kind of fun yeah. For us as lesbians, it's nice to have one show that we all watch and we all lesbians. yell at, and that's really nice. <laughs> and we yeah. know about it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like when we uh, for the listener at home, we're recording this a little bit in advance, and we have screeners for more episodes, and we didn't watch them because of like we want to be able to like speculate properly. But like, so when when we get off of this podcast recording, like. I'm going to watch the next episode. Like, don't get me oh, yeah. wrong. Like I am, yeah, I am it's a, it's obsessed time. with this show. <laughs> I, you know, I believe in complexity of art and that you can criticize something and also love it dearly. That is like, that's like, that's like my religion. Yeah, so so um, I'm very excited to to keep watching and to keep watching with both of you and to keep uh, yeah, me discussing. Too. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to be yeah. back. It's been, yeah. it's been so long. What was the, wasn't that the tagline for oh, yeah. Hel- you? Yeah, hello, hello again. Hello yeah. again. That's what I feel. <laughs> yeah. Hello again. Yeah. That's how we hello should have started. Oh, well, we got there eventually. That should be the name yeah. of our podcast. Um, hello again. <laughs> I'm really hoping that Alice gets wild because that's Alice at her best. And she doesn't always do that. Yeah. So I'm really hoping mm-hmm. that some polyamory happens for them. And I hope every season they get involved. If Nat and Alice are going to be together for the rest of Gen Q's eight season run. I hope that (laughs) every season Nat and Alice are still together, but they explore polyamory in a new way. And then at the end of the season, we're like, that didn't work for us. We're boring, but we get to watch (laughs) it happen. That's my dream. And we can all have dreams, right? We can all have dreams. You know, for us as lesbians, we can can all have dreams. Like, you know, Danny had a dream (laughs) about Bette Porter. True. And I'm thinking about it right now. All right. I guess, I guess (laughs) that's a wrap. That's it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of 2L and Beck Generation Q, one of two podcasts brought to you by Autostrada.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 2L and Beck, and you can also email us at 2L and Backcast at gmail.com. Don't forget, we also have a hotline. Yes, it still exists. Give us a call, leave us a message, or just give us a piece of your mind. You can reach us at 971-217-6130. We also have merch. Head over to store.autostraddle.com. There are Bet Porter for President t-shirts. There are two Ellen Beck stickers and lots of other simply iconic Autostraddle merchandise. 
Our theme song is by the talented B. Sedwell. Our brand new Twell and Back Generation Q logo is by the incredible Jackie Co. Jackie is so, so talented and you should definitely go check out her work. I've linked her website and socials in the show notes. And definitely let us know if you want us to make stickers of the new logo because I think those would look pretty sick. This episode was produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lauren Klein. You can find me on Instagram at Lauren Taylor Klein and on Twitter at LT Klein. You can follow Drew everywhere at Draw Gregory. That's Drew in the present tense. You can follow Annalisa on Instagram at Analoka with two A's and on Twitter at Analoka with one A and an underscore. You can follow our in-house Elward Savant and living legend Reese Bernard everywhere at Autowin. Autostraddle is at Autostraddle. And of course, the reason why we are all here, autostraddle.com. Okay, so to end this episode, we are going to do something a little bit different. Usually we end with a random L word that has little to no significance to the episode we just recapped. But for this season, we are mixing it up. We're going to bring a little bit more intention to our L words. So Reese, why don't you explain how this is going to work? So at the end of the episode, instead of all saying an L word at the same time, we are just going to say a specific L word that we choose because it is specifically related to how we feel about the episode in some manner. And today we're going to use L words that say what, how we feel about the season upcoming. An L word that is my hope for the season. And mine is lunacy. <laughs> my L word for how I'm feeling about this episode and feeling about the season is lustful. Because... <laughs> Ooh. I've been inside for a long time and, you know, <laughs> not that I was like not horny and didn't want to watch people have sex on TV, but like before the pandemic, but you know, still want to see it. And you know what? I think I will. And that's what I love about the L word. Mine is lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> for obvious reasons. Perfect. Yeah, of course. Okay. Love you guys. Bye. Guys, I'm just hanging out with my friends. Bye. Goodbye. Fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way. It's the way. That-